1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Got my Not 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong, and asthmatic, and at higher risk may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's
3: in the house, and I screamed. <laughs>
1: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
2: Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Hard Radio in partnership with Showtime.
4: Welcome back to All The Smoke. Jack, what's happening? You good.
2: Yeah. Say, I like, you, hey, yeah. I like on.
4: them. I like I like them. No, good. give me my
2: props. My hands ain't clammy. whatever y'all call them. Yeah. Clammy, whatever that shit is. You I my shit dry today. Yeah.
4: You got your pH balance right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm hydrated. I like your shoes and your sweatshirt, though. Appreciate you it. You won one today. Appreciate it, bro. Man, we back, man. Season three. Uh, it's good to be back. We back rolling. We back in LA. We got family in the building today, man. Uh, last name. One of one of one of our homies, my old next door neighbor, current. Los Angeles Ram, Deshaun Jackson. Welcome up, to the bro. show, bro. It, man, I pre-
3: appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, man. sir, about time. Let's appreciate right you down. finding
4: time. I mean, you're back home. Yeah. L.A. Rams. I mean, you're going into your 14th season. Yeah, 14. 14 deep.
2: We both played 14.
4: 14, right. yeah. And, and and you're playing at home. Talk to us about that.
3: Man, for me, it's like everything come back full circle, you know, to, to be in the NFL, to come from Los Angeles, California, born and raised, to play pop, wanted to grow up. In a sports city, never really been able to play at home. Right, you know, I done played thirteen years in the NFL, and every time it's time to go to season, I gotta go Lee. to the East Coast, Philly, yeah. Tampa, Washington. So for me, this this time back around is special, man, and it mean a little a little yeah. more, man.
4: But talk to us about because we talked off air. Yeah. I got a chance to play at home. You never got a chance to play at home,
2: right? It's close, but not home.
4: <laughs> How you got to kind of change your whole mentality because you're older now. You know what I mean. You on you on your last you know handful of years. You know, God willing, uh, you know obviously aspirations and goals to to test that Hall of Fame. Which you're on pace to. Talk to the fans about how you kind of had to come back to LA, but also you know keep that focus.
3: Well, first off, when I first came, back, when I realized I was coming back home because I kind of knew before. Got a great relationship with Sean McVay, so um you know when I found out I was coming back home the first thing I did was change the phone number <laughs> change both <laughs> numbers right around like ah, I'm going back home it's Hollywood right you know the hood you know I go hang out with the homies I'm like the first thing I'm doing is changing my number so um I remember Sean McVay actually like the next day we I signed and then he hit me like damn I can't even get a hold of you I'm like yeah coach I had to change the number he's like man it's that serious something huh? but for me like coming back home you know, I'm I'm 34 years old, you know, going on 14th year. So for me, like, you know, I, I know these last few years, I got a real mm-hmm. shot at, you know, solidifying the Hall of Fame spot. And for me, you know, being being able to be one, one of the biggest deep threats ever, you know, passing Jerry Rice.
4: Randy Moss. Randy
3: Moss, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for me growing up, like, that's what I had inspiring me, you know? And for me to be in them same conversations with them type of dudes, like, I had to come back and let people know that I'm not here to party. I'm not here to be at one oak and t- Like, no, nah, I'm here to do my thing on the field and win a Super Bowl, bro. That's my main focus. So I, I had to, you know, solidify that first.
4: I mean, that 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 kind of leads us into our next question. I mean, you have a team that, that that has a chance to win a ring. 100%. You know what I mean? And you're back at home on top of that. So talk to us what that atmosphere has been like. Uh, You know, teaming up with Matthew Stafford, you guys got a loaded O, loaded defense. Yeah. What's that environment been like?
3: Now, honestly, you know, I I done played on some good teams. Going back to the year 2010 when Michael Vick, Leshawn McCoy, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Mack, like we had we had some dogs back in Philly. But I mean, to to fast forward everything, right now, 2021. Like you said, Aaron Donald, Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey, like I, I'm playing with some dogs. Like literally, legitimately, top famers. best players in the league right in their now. Position, future you know, Hall of Aaron famers, Donald, yeah. what, he was the number two overall player. Jalen Ramsey, I think, was 13th in the top 100. So. For me to be on this team, man, like I, I I knew stepping in, like we really got a shot to win the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl here in LA. Mm. But you know, we don't want to peak too soon. It's a long season, bro. Right, you know? right, 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 Y'all cowboys doing good. Green Bay, it's a lot of good teams, but we know you know, if we just keep our head down, chin up mentality and keep working every day, if we look at every week, like we want to go, we zero on zero trying to go 1-0. Yeah. At the end of the season, I mm-hmm. think, you know, that I have a stand in the last one.
4: You mentioned uh, Coach McVeigh. You had a prior relationship with him. Uh, speak to how you guys' uh, relationship started.
3: Man, back in, what was that, t- 2014. I remember when, uh, so in 2013, I got released um, by the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody, you know, who knows me knows about that situation and, uh, you know, I had a chance to go to a few teams, but it was it was personal. I had to stay in that division, NFC East. Like I'm like, Eagles just cut me like, there's only a few teams I really wanted to go to. So I'm like, Washington was the team. Jay, You had Jay Gruden. You had Shaman McVay, who was, you know, Jay Gruden was the head coach. Sean McVay was the officer coordinator. So right when they realized I was a free agent, they like, we got to figure out a way to get this little motherfucker on our team. Like, <laughs> whatever we got to do, we've been seeing him torch us for years, you know, mm-hmm. just playing Washington and, you know, for doing all that. So... Our relationship really started early, man. Like, going back to 2014, I played three years in Washington. And, like, I think out of the three years I played there, two years, I went over a thousand yards, mm-hmm. had like nine touchdowns, like 60. Like, we was balling, you know? So, flip side to come back now and seeing this progress, like, the dude is a genius, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I really look at him, like, on the Bill Belichick, Andy Reed. I mean, uh, Belichick, Andy Reed. Like, he has the smarts and. The way he puts his players in positions to out to always beat the defense, bro. It's like he he a gut for what he do. Mm, mm-hmm. How was
2: it growing up in the Crenshaw neighborhood of L.A.? Rest <laughs>
3: man, you, you rest know in I peace, mean nip. yeah, you know my mm-hmm. rest in peace, Nip. Neighborhood Nip, man. Um, uh, you know for me, I I think it kind of instilled, you know that that greatness, that like that competitive nature. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like we really didn't have no hope. We ain't really, you know, we had dreams and desires, but we ain't really it was only certain few influences we really had to look up to. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Positive. And yeah, on some positive. Like, you know, you you going to the store, you know, there's dudes at the corner store hanging out, gangbanging, selling drugs. You get what I'm saying? So on a daily basis, you know, I, I was lucky and fortunate to have a pops around me that like seen, you know, that side of it. And he like, nah, I'm going to take your little... We, we going to football, basketball, track, bait, like everything, every sport. Because he knew if I was sitting at the right. crib or at home what I would be Ooh. getting into. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me... I think it just installed me to just go out there and want to be different. Like, it, it was something about looking at the OGs, looking up to them Like, man, I want to do that. But it's like, I, I really wanted to do it the positive way, where I could go be on television, where I could all my dudes back in the hood see me, Deshaun Jackson on national television. I'm rapping for my city and where my hood is, you know. So for me, that's what made me inspired, and, and I really wanted to go out there and do good for my, my city.
2: So the, 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 you could say that the the love for sports came from uh, your parents, or from or from you. You uh, attended Beach Poly Polytech High School. Yeah, played baseball, ran track. The, the love of sports come from was it still from your pops, or it just something you picked up?
3: Um, I, I mean, I, I think it, it it come hand to hand. You know, my my pops grew up uh P- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and when he grew up, he wasn't really able to play sports. Mm-hmm. You know, his pops worked in the steel mill. He like we working around here. Mm-hmm. Like, ain't no sports. You not doing none of that shit. So. My pops never really was able to live out his dream because he loved sports, right. you know? So he was like, shit, I'm going to have kids and I'm pushing all my kids <laughs> to play sports. Like, shit, if I couldn't make it, right. I'm finna have kids and one of these little niggas making it to the NFL, <laughs> you know, which in reality was my older brother at first. And then, you know, that wasn't really his dream or desire. So then you got me, this little kid. I'm like, shit, I was a majority around my pops the most out of all, you know, our siblings. So for me, I just installed like... Just growing up and just, like I say, just being competitive in the streets, playing sideline pop, th- throw up tackle. Yeah. Like I was just one of the little fastest, hardest dudes, and I was the toughest. I was the littlest one, but the toughest one. So I was like, man, you know, I, it started me at an early age to be great, bro. Mm-hmm.
2: You was a major league prospect. What, what, what position in baseball did you play? A lot of people don't know that, though.
3: <laughs> man, yeah, so that's an interesting story, too. So my pops, he actually loved baseball. So this is the story about the baseball. So my pops... Love baseball, and he like I'm taking you to do all these sports. You basketball, football, you rent a track, you doing. All, you got to play baseball for me. So it was like he almost like forced me to play baseball. So I was good at baseball, but I ain't really had a love for it. Like I mm-hmm. love playing football, I love doing everything else. So for me, I was real good at baseball, but I just didn't have that love for. It. But looking back at it now, I'm like, if I could do it all over, I mm-hmm. probably would have did like the it. baseball. Right, they get <laughs> three hundred guaranteed. <laughs> like I'm like man. But, you know, everything happened for a reason, bro. Right. But, yeah, I was actually a heavy a baseball player. What position man. you play? I play center field, second Speed. base. I play everything. I used to be, mm-hmm. like, left fielder, right fielder, don't go in the gap. Like, anything hitting the gap, i everything down, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Like, for real. You mentioned uh, Nip earlier. What was your relationship with him like?
3: Man, sh- Nip, man. So, I remember back in probably, like, 2000, like, 2001. Like, I think I was a freshman in high school. And, um... You know, growing up in Lemur Park, you know, Crenshaw and Slauson was literally mm-hmm. 10, 15 blocks down the street. So, you know, going up Crenshaw Audubon, like, I used to know Nip, like, we were probably like 13, 14 years old. But back then, Nip was just a pretty boy, curly hair. He ain't had a long hair back then. He had the curly hair. He was just always had the white long tee on. You know, back then, the pro club, mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. wore Bio 4X. You yeah. feel me? So it's yeah. just like, just knowing Nip back then, he was just like the little player. Like pretty boy dude, you know, and then it's like, I remember like around high school, he started rapping, and I'm like, man, he re-rapping rapping, all right. He trying to trying to figure out if he hard or not. So, you know, back then, really nobody really knew about him. Then you know, he got to slaw some boys. Then you just start seeing him out on Crenshaw slaw, out the back of the bins, trunk popping the trunk, giving out CDs. Like I'm like, man, this nigga really taking this shit serious. So for me, I saw his his, his work. I saw what he put into it and to look up to, you know, what he did, inspired everybody and just how he tried to, you know, provide jobs and just, mm-hmm. you know, changing the community, man. Like, me and Nip go back, bro, but, you know, he definitely inspired for the Crenshaw community, man.
4: Mm, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, High school football, 60 catches, over uh, 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. What was it like out there playing in high school? Man well, like them Friday yeah, night games. Yeah,
3: first of all, shit. I mean, the high school, like Long Beach, I went to the number one high school in all of America, like li- literally probably put the most people in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So growing up, obviously, I'm not from Long Beach. Everybody think I'm from Long Beach, but I'm not from Long Beach. So I grew up, like you said, Crenshaw, South Central, and as a, as a uh, eighth grader, I'm trying to figure out, like, man, what high school am going to go to? Now, my pops, he was, like, the biggest scout of America. Like, he mm-hmm. already had deals and broken in with this high school coach. <laughs> he going to Venice. He going to Crenshaw. He going to Doris. He, nah, he going to Westchester. So, I'm sitting back, like, trying to really figure out what high school I'm going to go to. And then my older brother was like, if you really want to go to the best high school, and you know for a fact they going like, to have scholars. They going to have scholars. They going to have coaches coming in. Like, the best of the best. Like, we going to Long Beach Party. So I'm like, thinking about I'm like, all right, shit, let's go. But when I went, literally we had uh Herschel Dennis, Mm -hmm. Darnell Bing, Mercedes Lewis, man, you're right. Like, it was literally like seven dudes that was going division one. I all had top scholarships from SC, UCLA. So I was a freshman going into that. So I'm like, shit, all I gotta do is even if I'm halfway decent, I'm gonna go get a division one scholarship. Mm -hmm. So you know, coming out there from L.A. and being one of the best to play Pop Warner and come to Polly, like, I really had to earn that. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Because it was really dogs. Like, Long Beach Polly, like, I'm telling you, they the best of the best. So, for me to come all the way from L.A. and come to Polly, like, I really came from outside in and was, like, really an insider. You feel mm. what I'm saying? So, it was fun, man. It was it was big games, though. Like, I was prepared to play on a big level right. being at Polly because once I got to college, that shit was, like, it was next, was what's used next? To it. yeah like right. nfl what's next like i'm killing that shit just because the mentality and being around people that was like really good
4: mm-hmm. i mean you topped your high school career off with uh the mvp of the all-american game uh who was recruiting you and, and and why did you end up going to cal
3: man i had shit i had all the schools florida states the miamis the oklahoma's the lsu's like i had probably over 100 plus offers and uh you know i was close to going to lsu that was nick mm. saban was there man it was something about that that culture out there man that food and women like i'm like man the, <laughs> the, the south got me louisiana had how many me. trips
4: did you take i'm not to well, I, you off.
3: I took i took i think four trips i went to oklahoma went to lsu and it was like i said when i went to lsu it was just something about like just how they treated me the food and i'm like man it's, it's, it's something about that south you know like <laughs> i'm like I, I almost had it but then. Nick Saban ended up leaving and he went to the Miami Dolphins. So when he left, I'm like, man, that's out. And then um I had SC, I committed. I was a year SC won. They uh shoot who they had, uh Reggie Bush, Lindell White. That, they just had won the um the national championship. And I remember they called me after the game, had uh Pete Carroll in there. They was all hype on the bus, turned up, like, yeah, you coming. I'm like, yeah, I'm coming, I'm committed. <laughs> so I commit and then I just felt like, man, they was they was like giving these dudes from out of state like extra like like I wanted number one, and they ain't give me number one, so I'm like, they started like showing dudes out of state more love than they show interstate because they was like, oh, poly dudes used to going to SC, we are anyway. gonna take it for granted, like he coming here. So I'm like, you know what, I'm shaking. And the mm. year before that, Cal just beat SC when you had they had Marshawn Lynch, uh, uh Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. they beat him in the um in the Coliseum, of upset. I'm like, you know what. Instead of joining the best, I'm gonna go somewhere and beat the best. And that was just the mentality I had. Like, I didn't wanna just be labeled as somebody that just went there just because they thought they had me in their backseat. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was my decision on what that.
4: What was your record against SC? Man, don't do that.
3: I was 0 3 but every, <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, hey, look every, every, How did you do? Every time we played him, they had like three dudes on me. They was like, we not letting this little dude kill us. But no, I, I had some good games versus him. Obviously, I was a vocal point when I played against him, and they definitely was like, yeah, we ain't going to let him ball. Mm-hmm. So I did cool, though, but yeah, we was 0-3. It hurt.
4: Did Aaron Rodgers kind of be was recruiting you, too, or kind of the guys that showed you?
3: A little bit. He did, man. And, like, so I, so Aaron Rodgers was a junior when I was a freshman. Or, no, he was a he was a junior when I was a senior in high school, so when I'm committing there, you know, I'm like, "Shit, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in college football." I'm like, "I'm going there." So the minute I commit, he enters the NFL and mm. leaves. So he left his junior year, so right. I came in and he wasn't even there no more. But you know, we had, like I said, we had Marshawn Lynch, Justin Forsett, we had some, we had some good, some good dudes. Can there. you
4: imagine though,
3: Aaron, oh. you oh. And, and Marshawn oh. yeah, we on the same team? team. We'd have, have won a national 90. championship. Yeah, we'd have won a national year. That, that, that year, that next year, we was actually like we was number two in the nation and we ended up losing a freaking like Oregon State or mm-hmm. some crazy fluke shit. But man, yeah, I'm thinking about that shit. I'm like, damn, just imagine if we had a, if he'd have stayed and we'd have played like a full year together. It would It'd have been scary. Special.
2: You was number two at Cal? Y'all y'all. Y- nah, y- yeah, we rank? yeah,
3: we was the highest rank. We was number two. We started like five and no We was on uh, college game day. We played Oregon at Oregon. I went crazy. I had like three touchdowns, like 180 yards. Like I went crazy. So I remember that game I was came up, you know, they do the uh the broadcast thing after the game would bring me up. I had a big-ass suit on. That was back in the day when, you know, we wore- the Steve Harvey's. Yeah, we went our suits big. Shit, yeah. I'm on there talking and shit. And, but it was like, man, we went on a downhill after that. We, we lost, like, the next, like, four games, bro. Mm. But we, we was number two of the day <laughs> shit, bro. We <And laughs> just went point, downhill. At
4: <laughs> um, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was during the We Believe time too, right? Yeah, he was out there while for we sure. was rocking. For sure. right over the way. Yeah, because yeah, no, I remember definitely. I checked one of you guys' games out one time.
3: Yeah, that was that was a big
4: game, man. Were you guys able to get out to any of those games, or you watch them on TV, or what was it like during your college experience out there?
3: Nah, it was it was definitely big. Um, for for us looking up to to y'all, man, which I used to do back back and go state. Like, man, that, y'all was really like a culture, man. Like, you know, BD obviously respect. You know, shout out Big Bro BD. Um, bro, was there? I mean, you know, y'all, y'all had a wave out there, man. And for us, like y'all, the culture, bro. I, you know, I, ain't, I'm not even gonna sit here and, and, and act like it ain't big, like what y'all did and how y'all carried y'all game and just like what y'all meant for the for the culture, bro. Like we we all looked up to that, you know me like. Growing up, I'm a smaller dude, so the guys that I really looked up to is the Michael Vicks, the Allen Iversons, mm-hmm. you know, the Kobe's, the the dudes. Your child all respected and respected you, vice right. versa. So right. that mentality, man, like it's much respect to what y'all doing and continuously still doing. How y'all tapped in with the youth and you know your your boys, your twins. You know, mm-hmm. I, I respect everything you're doing with them. Mm-hmm. I love to see it, bro, because it give me something to look up to when I'm done playing ball. You know, appreciate
4: mm-hmm. that. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna
1: guard. He's gonna exactly. guard.
2: Like you see him in Olympics, <laughs> exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of it, like that, see
1: that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella Point Game. I remember you came out from room crying, <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And he's, he's going
2: to
0: us about winning. Remember what you I know? told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You did not admit it. <laughs>
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening What
4: was your relationship like with uh, Marshawn?
3: <laughs> Marshawn, so so it's an interesting story about Marshawn. So obviously Marshawn, Oakland Tech, Oakland, California,
4: Oakland to the fullest, yeah. to the
3: full. You know, North Oakland, family first. You know, shout yeah. my brother. But uh, so coming from LA, you know, LA is a little as I ain't gonna say a little. It's a lot different mm-hmm. than the Bay Area. So you know, me growing up, you got gangs, you got bloods, you got cribs. You know, you got different sets. So. For me, growing up in the in the L.A. culture, going to Cal, at first I didn't understand what was going on, because you got dudes saying blood and cousin, one sentence. It's like, yeah. do they know? <laughs> they basically saying, you blood and air, you crippling the same it sentence, but they don't even care. They just talking. So it's like they culture out there is just total different. It's like, and they not even in tune. Like, they're literally, you don't even think they from California, bro, out there, because yeah. they not even in tune with the L.A. culture, bro. They got their own culture. So for me... I'm like, Marshawn was just himself, bro. Like, he didn't really care. Like, he was street, but he was smart. Like, he was intelligent. You know, he did good in school. Like, a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. how good he did in school. Like, he damn near was graduated before he left Cal. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So, the respect level me and him, I remember I was a freshman, and he was a sophomore. And I came in, I was one of the fastest on the team. And he's looking at me. He like, who, who, who this little nigga think? He's that nigga, line it up. Nigga, let's race. I'm like this big. one, he about two twenty six <laughs> feet. Like, he looking at me like really like nigga. Let's race. So I'm like, you sure you want to race? You know, I'm cocky, young nigga. I'm like, you sure you want to race? He like, yeah. Lined up, and we got out there. We raced. I beat him, but he he he, he right put there. up a fight though. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't slow. Marshawn <laughs> wasn't slow, but I'm like, it just gave me respect for Brett different because he knew he was. He knew I was fashioning, but he was like, yeah, well, lined he wanted it up. to get out there yeah, anyway, Yeah, bro. So it's like much respect to money, man. You good mm-hmm. dude.
4: So decorated college career, uh one of the top receivers in the country. You make your jump to the league, second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Did you have a chip on your shoulder?
3: For sure. And and the, re- the reason why I say I had a chip, it's like, all right, for me, college, right, You like every every step of the way, from high school, college, like i always been the best, always been, you know, stats there, proven, everything was proven for me. So, so coming out my junior year, I actually put in a little note, and it was like, it came back and it was like, Guaranteed they didn't say guaranteed, but they they give you a projection. Mm-hmm. So they say anywhere from first round to like the, the end of first round So like the first pick to the 25th. pick. Mm-hmm. So I'm like shit. All right I'm gone. I ain't no point in going coming back to college for my, my senior year when they already solidified like that So I'm like I'm gone. So I enter in the NFL and I remember back then my coach It was Jeff Tefford at the time had like a little personal relationship with you know him, him and my dad like had like a little beef and my posh used to be cussing me out after the game. Like, if my son don't get 10 catches, 200 yards, and I'm cussing you out after the game. So posh was turned up after every game. You know, posh drinking, turned up. He, ain't, I ain't had a game he wanted me to have. Coach hearing about it. So <laughs> I, I feel like that kind of hurt me going into the, to the league because, you know, Jeff Teffer was kind of asked about certain situations. And he was like, yeah, I think his dad could be a problem. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. And it just was like that kind of hurt my draft status, you know. And I took it personal because all the teams that passed on me, that first year when I was in Philadelphia, every team that passed on me, I made them pay. Mm-hmm. You know, my first year, we we went to the NFC Conference Championship game where I thought I scored the winning touchdown. We going to the uh, to the Super Bowl, but Larry Fitzgerald came down, did some crazy. Mm-hmm. Year. That was the year uh, the Steelers played um, Arizona in the, in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was my rookie year, bro. And it, it was lit, man. Mm-hmm. It was lit.
4: What's it like stepping on that stage? I mean, you all about five nine.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm 5'10". I mean, Jack... Yeah, I'm about, I'm, about, I'm about... Give me my 5'10". Probably mean,
2: 6 feet with shoes. Shit. 5'10", <laughs> what you weigh? Right now, I'm, I'm like
3: 185. 185. But when I first came in, I was 169. Ooh. Like, they gave me... They was like five nine. whatever, like... Seven core, whatever it was. I'll like you're like the team.
4: average height of an average man, yeah. and to think that one Jack <laughs> Jack made a joke like you played, you got a. Would you say NBA years in the NFL for your size though? Like yeah, no one. I mean, impressive. Really, really, hats sure. off to you, bro. I mean, obviously we homies, and I think we people kind of take that shit for granted, but for for you to accomplish, and you're not done. But for you to make it 14 years in the league at your size, that that says a lot about you, man. No, it says a it, lot about it, you. It
3: definitely does. I, I appreciate that, but. You know, it, I, I just take it back to my mentality, just growing up, how I grew up, having the pops around me, you know, they really just didn't really care about anything. Like, if I, if I wanted to envision myself or I wanted to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's just been my mentality the whole time. And obviously, I ain't the biggest, but every time I step on the field, I feel like I'm the I'm biggest, giant, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I feel like I'm lion-hearted, and it's like, I don't care how big you is, I don't care. My pop said, never fair, man, regardless how big, how small he put his pants on just like you, you right. feel what I'm saying? So... For me, that's just always been my mentality, bro. But uh, you know, I definitely speaks numbers, and like you said, I'm still not done, still playing at a high level, and uh, you know, I, I take pride in shit. Every mm-hmm. every time I wake up, every time I step on the field, bro, I want to be the best doing it, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and I am who I am for a reason, cause that's that mentality, you know. It's just that. like that that mama mentality, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Y'all played against him, Y'all know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: So what, what did uh yeah. What did being stamped by Jerry Rice when he said uh he had this kid has all the talent in the world? What did that mean for you to for arguably be the greatest receiver of all time to stamp you like that?
3: Yeah, that, that, that was a special moment because I was that was before I even played the NFL mm-hmm. game. Like I was, I had opportunity because at the time my agency that I was signed with, he was signed to him as well too. So um, I had a chance to work out with him I, and we ran routes. He was like, I want you to run every route. Like I ran literally every route from route one to the go route. And he was like, I only got one route I want to work with you on. I'm like, I just ran like 20 routes and you telling me just one route? So I'm trying to, I'm interested. So what are you going to say? He was like, you just running too fast on my speed out. I want you to slow it down, get under control. And you master that, ain't nobody going to be able to mess with you. So from day one, I'm like, I'm thinking he finna critique me. I'm thinking he finna give me a, is that? What is a that? speed out. It's like a quick out, a five yard out. Okay. But he was saying, I'm so fast. I need to run that in under control and still be fast, but not running too fast where I'm like out of control running Mm a route. So that route is like one of the easiest routes. So that was the only route he critiqued me on. So I'm like, I could be special, bro. And I Mm -hmm. knew that from day one. I'm like, I do my shit and and, and stay on it and work. Yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be a good ride. What's
2: the fastest time you ever ran? In the period forty. Yeah,
3: forty. The fastest time I uh, I ran before it was I was in. I was in college. I want to say like my junior year, I ran a four two four. Mm. God damn. <laughs> that's that Dion
2: speed. Talk about your rookie, your rookie experience.
3: When I came in, I just had that mentality, like I didn't really care who the starting receiver was. Like I'm coming in, I'm taking somebody's spot. Point blank. Like that's my me coming in. I don't sometimes these young dudes, they come in, they be asking questions. I'm like, bro, you can't make the game bigger than it is. It's, we've been playing this shit since a little kid in the park. Just how I'm sure it is for basketball. Right. Like Once you got to the NBA, you can't be like, oh my God, the lights and all these fans scream." No, nah, we got to tune in and play ball. Right. So me, I had the mentality was the game ain't going to be bigger than it is. It's still football. And I think these young dudes come in, they be like a deer in the headlights because they don't understand like... It's still football. It's still basketball. It's a sport. It's a game that we love growing up. But don't make it bigger. And if you mm-hmm. make it bigger than it is, then you're going to always be behind the eight ball trying to figure out, damn, how can I make the game not as big as it is? Right. Like, no, I'm the game. I'm the moment mm. that's big. And that's my philosophy on that shit, bro. It's it's nuts. it's a game, bro. We have fun with this shit and play at a high level.
2: Mm. Talk to him
3: <laughs> For sure. Who were your best that you leaned on in rookie year? as soon as you got to leave good question man so when i came in i i, I had some real ogs man a Special. i'm gonna give you the names first and i'm gonna give you a special story about a situation in my rookie year but so i came in i had diamond McNabb was my quarterback brian westbrook the running back um asante samuel uh <sighs> brian dawkins i said i was about
2: to say was brian dawkins was on that brian, team. brian
3: dawkins um Few, few dudes, but um, this the special story. So, I was uh, I was in like my seventh, eighth game, and uh, we was playing in Chicago. This one, Lance Briggs, uh, Brian Urlacher, like dogs, like you know, Brian Urlacher legitimately could be one of the best, you know, mm-hmm. Linebacker middle linebackers to play the game. Mm-hmm. So, we playing versus these dudes, and I'm like, this one of them games where I'm like, damn, I'm really playing versus some, some dudes that could damn near kill me if I run across the middle, right? So, I score. Touchdown, I'm balling in the game. So it became a, a point where they punted the ball and I'm back punting the ball and I had like clown that had the ball in one hand, I fumbled, but we ended up getting the ball back. Well, I must have came to the sideline brown dog and must have grabbed me up, snatched me up. do that shit again. Cause you know he didn't really cuss.
4: Yeah. I he was all about.
3: about God and like but he came <laughs> at you on a crazy way, <laughs> yelling at me, if you do that again, I'm like, man, this nigga talking to me like my daddy. I was spooked. I'm like, man, I ain't messing with that dude. But he got on me. But it was just the respect, bro. Like you got real OGs when you messing up and you doing wrong. They gonna create you you. that. You get what I'm you saying? But yeah, that's what installed in greatness in me. You know,
2: he can, he can. Guys like him can do that though, cause you know he out there about to die to win the game. He he putting his body
3: everything. <laughs> he on the doing line, everything. Bro. He literally, legitimately popping his neck out of socket shoulder. I done seen him like crazy. Like he was, he really was Weapon X on the field. He wasn't Brian Dawkins. Like he turned into Weapon X on the field. Mm. Like he he had a Brian Dawkins locker room and he had a Weapon X locker room. And the Weapon X locker room <laughs> had all the X-Men and all these characters in there. And when he went on the field, that's <laughs> was, who he, was? he
2: was Weapon
4: X. Oh, he really
3: had a locker X. like yes, that? Yes, bro. He had two lockers, bro. Like wow. I'm telling you, bro. Dude was, he was a special dude. Bro. <laughs> he one of the sad. best
2: though. Hell yeah. Like, bro. What was your welcome to the NFL moment? That one moment that when you mm. was like, "Damn, I'm here. I'm I'm really here. Off the block, I'm here."
3: I think I think London Fletcher, man. So we we was playing. I think it was early early in the season, rookie year. I think probably I want to say the second or third game. London Fletcher was a linebacker for the uh, back then there was the Redskins, Washington Redskins, and uh, I had caught like a a little five-yard, quick little route, and I was right over the like, the middle of the field. Like, mm-hmm. look, guys my size won't really mm-hmm. like to go yeah. around that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it was like a little five-yard pass. Diamond Manab, like, hit me. I caught the ball, and all I remember was, like walking to the sideline and everything was just like spinning. <laughs> I'm like, I was out for the rest of the game. I ain't go back in the game. Or end up having like a concussion, but I'm like, buddy, smacked me. He like, he
2: caught
4: you good. He had
3: me like, I ain't know where I was at. I ain't even gonna lie. But yeah, that was that was one of the moments. In London, he's a big dude, big dude, bro. And he big was he dude. was small, but he was like a stocky, stocky big shit, dude for yeah. a linebacker. That's yeah. like he's stocky. like a bowling ball. yeah, yeah. all muscle. Yeah. All I seen, you know how that little video you got the birds, the Tweety birds. Yeah, Tweety birds. I'm like, where am I?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the game against my Cowboys. Oh
3: yeah, no, nah, I don't do that. Why you gonna do that, man? When you got, I, when I you almost to take got these. your first touchdown. Oh, you talking about that. When oh. You dropped the ball too early, feeling yourself. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have that one, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna speak on that momentarily, and I'm going to come back and hurt your heart with something, too. But I, uh, I remember. I know what you're going to yeah, do. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was young, man. I was rookie year. Just just at that moment of time, I'm going to give you out a philosophy. So for me, growing up, playing sports, you're not really able to allow the clown and dance and do all this crazy shit. So once you get to the NFL, they allow you to you know have a have little, extra a little fun. fun and do some crazy shit. So for me, <laughs> I can remember that night before the game, I'm like, if I score, I'm just going crazy. Like I don't care about nothing. I'm getting in the end zone. I'm dancing. I'm doing every dance. I'm trying to just go crazy and have fun. It's Monday night football or Sunday, mm-hmm. whatever it was. We was the prime time game. Right. So once I caught the ball, I'm damn near close to the end zone. I'm like, I don't even care about this ball no more. Nigga, I'm finna get in this end zone and dance, bro. So that was just on my <laughs> mind. So obviously dropped the ball a little short. But uh yeah, that's something that happened. It ain't happened again since then. And then I did it in high school too. But you know, the one in high school, I was trying to beat the record. Uh Reggie Bush jumped from like the five-yard line in the game versus the UCLA versus the Bruins. And he flipped in the end zone. So I'm in the all-star game. I'm like, you know, he jumped from the five. Let me try to jump from the six. So I try to jump from the <laughs> six. And when I got in the air, nigga, I'm like, oh shit, I'm finna bust my ass. And I just dropped the ball. Cause I was I was er- bracing the impact of how far I tried to jump I'm like a bonehead shit. But um, yeah, you know, that happened. I learned uh, from the shit. lid, but it ain't gonna happen again. But uh, yeah, let's talk about that 91 yard touchdown that uh, like Michael Big threw to be on the side when yes, I'm back like, in the end zone on the cowboys yeah you turned around on us <laughs> yeah
2: turned man. Around on us. i remember
3: that that was that was hurt or that the uh
4: hurtful. the punt return right the but punt return versus uh, Giants. Oh, Giants. Yeah. Oh, i got yeah, some plays versus cowboys yeah.
3: though I, I i literally back in my my early days when i was in in philadelphia man i looked at myself as a giant killer a cowboy, cowboy killer. A killer yeah you
2: killed us i one. killed
3: the redskins too but it was just like I, it was something personal because i know the the rivals like right. being an eagle the rivals with the cowboys Heavy. the giant like it's 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 real bro and mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of good years, man, On there.
4: <laughs> you got to taste the playoffs in 08. What was your first playoff experience like?
3: Man, the game moved way faster, man. It was like things was moving. Like, you know, being a rookie, adjusting to to my rookie season, I'm like, you know what, it, it's fast, but the playoffs, bro, it moved like – and I'm talking about the first playoff game. Like the wild card game, bro, it was like you would just think everybody just turned up like 20 notches more, and it's like – I don't know why. I guess everybody trying to win the Super Bowl, but it was just like the game was just moving faster, bro. And for me, I just feel like we went on like every game was away. Like we first mm-hmm. game we played, it was in um, Minnesota, right? In Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Then we played. Uh, damn. The Giants. Was it? I don't remember. We played yeah. one more, and then we went to Lost Arizona. And But yeah, every game mm-hmm. was on the road, and it was just like for us to not have that home field advantage. Like you know, playing on the road, mm-hmm. it, it's it's tough. tough. But that's that's what builds character, you know. Like what you mm-hmm. gonna do when everything's against you, all adversity, all odds are against you. So for me, I just love silence in the crowd, bro. It's nothing like you going to somebody else's house and standing on that couch and doing whatever the hell you yeah. want, mm-hmm. walking out saying we won. Mm-hmm. Like what better feeling mm-hmm. is that? Working with Donovan that, what was that like? Man, Don, Donovan, man, you know. Donovan was an interesting dude, man, like, you know. I, could you
4: hear, I, not to cut you off, you hear a bunch of shit how him, him and T.O. still yeah. to this day don't get along, yeah. so I always wonder what he was like.
3: T.O. so he want to scrap, yeah. straight up. it's, it's real, they, they had a, a real personal situation, and I could kind of understand it, you know, with, with the sense of, you no, know, I, I I never really try to talk about people, put people down, but it was just like, he he was more like on, on some selfish, like he was about himself type shit, you yeah. know, like. You could tell, like with certain quarterbacks, when you're the quarterback and you're the you the vocal point, like sometimes you might have to just take it on your shoulder, like my bad, I missed that throw, or my bad, like just as a a, a, a captain and the a leader, the betterment for the team. You get what I'm saying? It was just like certain times he, he he didn't really want to take that up on him, you know, and not to say he wasn't a good player or a good person, but it was just like certain times you could tell it was a little more, a little more selfish, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just like as a young dude, you really. You you're not looking for your quarterback to be that. You're looking for your quarterback to embrace you yeah. and and really uplift you. You know, so I could kind of see why him and T.O. is is how they are. You know,
4: Andy Reid, what you learn from him?
3: Man, fa- father figure, man. A- a- Andy Reid for me was like really like a second father, man. And you know, a special story about that was like I said when I first got drafted. You know, uh, Jeff Teffer told told Andy Reid you know some some hurtful things for me because. You know, for me, I know how my dad was, you know, heavily involved and, you know, how he used to go off on my coaches, but I knew it was always coming from a good place in the heart. Because he loved you so much. At the end of the day, that's his son. Right. He wanted his son to be the best and, you know, he wanted him to do the best. So, you know, for me to hear what Jeff Teffer told my dad, you know, on draft day, because right when they drafted me, he got on the phone and was like, basically, we don't want your dad to be no issue. We heard about woo-woo. Like, he was basically saying Mm. all the shit that he heard that my pops was doing in college. So, for me. Him, and then Andy Reid is from Los Angeles, too, so he grew up in Los Angeles, so he knows the young kid coming from L.A., he knows the temptation and how it is growing up, but he just respected me. Like He was like, you know, I know how it is for you. I know what your dad meant for you, but he was just like, you know, he was there for me, and he was he was one of them coaches where he didn't really care if he was being too hard. Like, you know, you you had them coaches where you, like, he hard on me, but it's only for the best. It's only for the betterment in me, in my career, in my life, so... You could respect that a little more, you know, and, and he was—he was really like, you know, a father figure in my life. What's
2: up? It's a big difference between being on you and, and critiquing you, and actually knowing that they care about you. Yeah, I know. I've been to that situation too, playing where a coach is being a dick <laughs> and mad at me because you know his wife being friendly to me or something like that. You know what I'm Damn, saying?
3: Not the wife. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. I'm just saying.
2: Whoa. I'm just saying. I was. It was a situation like that. For real. I ain't gonna say nobody names, but I Whoa. was. I was young at the time. Whoa! You know right. what I'm saying?
3: You can't help she looking in the mirror. But
2: she she knew I was young. And yeah. She was like a mother, like because my mother wasn't around. I was there young, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean. And he basically used that against me after I made the rookie All Star game and didn't play me the whole second half of was the season. Was this before or after you kissed her in the mouth? Neither. Oh. Okay. He <laughs> didn't neither. So you gotta be prepared for Matt's question. You, <laughs> got <to be>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be prepared. <laughs> for real. kiss in the mouth, an asshole,
2: dog. <laughs>
4: Two thousand nine, 2009, uh, your father passes. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like? I had a situation with Golden State, and that's when me and Jack became really close at the beginning of the season. My mom died of cancer, died within 26 days, trying to play through the season. That whole shit was fucked up. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you, being that your father was so integral mm-hmm. in your development and becoming a man, and pretty much right when you get to the league, you lose him?
3: Yeah, man. I mean, for, for me, that, that that was a tough... That was a tough part of my life, I was uh, I think I was 20 years old, um, like you said, everything my dad meant to me, for me, did for me, you right. know, the relationships, the bonds we built together, um, you know, it was one of them things where I'm like, that's my first year in my NFL career, like everything we planned, everything we dreamed about, envisioned, like all the shit we talked about, we was going to be doing, like my dad was one of them was like, you about to have all these this, these money, millions. I'm finna have all these women. I'm about to move. He was with I'm the shit. these cars pops was with the shit Nigga, too. Jury right, and like traveling. Right. Like it wasn't nothing you can't do. Right. So for me, it was just everything he envisioned but to see how pops went out like that, man. Like uh, it was hurtful, man. So <clears throat> it was, we was actually, I want to say like October, November. So during the season, it's early before the playoffs, so he just, you know, Pops like, shit, you got a mansion. I'm coming out to the mansion. I'm staying with you. I'm chilling. Like, you know, I'm driving your cars. Like, Pops was really like, he was like my brother. One Like we Yeah, you know, like, we had a great relationship. So during the season, I remember he came out there and stayed with me during the season. And uh, he kind of like just got sick out of nowhere. Like, he had diabetes. So, like, he used to always kind of like blame it on the diabetes. Like, I just check him when I go back home. Like, mm-hmm. I'm straight. And it kind of like became normal where he was like sleeping all day wasn't really eating and it was like this was like right around when we was about to make the playoffs and then i remember my older brother i think my sister came came to Philly and flew him back to to la and then um you know he went to the doctor and they basically diagnosed him with pancreatic cancer Mm -hmm. and when they uh diagnosed him with it it was stage four you know it was like too late they was like basically gave him like four to five months to live and uh this was at the period of time where i was in the playoffs so i'm I'm playing right. games like I'm I'm at the highest of my highest rookie season balling like, killing like you know top of the world like ain't can't nothing else go wrong and you know at the same time you know for me to be losing my pops in the hospital and him struggling, I remember him watching the games and shit like my brother there filming him I'm on the TV and he just. Just everything, you know, that just kind of mm. meant to me, bro. So, it, it, it was tough, man. That, that shit was, you know, still to this day. Yeah, rest know? in peace to Pop. Yeah, and
4: it. people don't understand because they think because we're athletes who we're on a different stage that we're not affected by anything. No, and it, it is the furthest from the truth, you know what I mean? To try to play with that kind of heavy heart or, with yeah. you know, the second you're not in action, your, your mind is there instantly. I mean, sure. You know what I mean? So, it's... Rest in peace to pops for sure, man. You know he's looking down and proud of you. Yeah, we so be we as
2: athletes, people think you know, expect us to be so strong and be able to take all type of stuff. But my father was I didn't have a relationship growing up with my mm-hmm. father like you. Yeah. But I it grew as I got older and became successful. Right. My father's dead as well. I miss my father, so I can imagine. For sure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Being able to to be raised by him taught by him right or wrong and all that to get to where you want to be because of him. Exactly. And not be able to enjoy it fully with him. Man. I can imagine that bro because oh, I shit. I didn't grow up, but just the fact that I made it and I was able to share a little bit of success with my father, it kills
3: me now. Yeah. The man I am today that I can't share that with him. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. I think that's the most hurtful, like you said, just the moments and you just know that we'll be doing it for like our why. You know, we always talk about the why. Like what's your why? What are you doing it for? Is it your mm-hmm. mother, your kids? One of your homeboys, you grew up with your granny. You know, it's like everybody got that why. So within that why, it's like, that's what I'm doing it for. And for me, that was what I was doing it for. You know, it, it wasn't like he was the only reason, but, you know, he installed who I am today. Like, Foundation. without him, I wouldn't be sitting mm-hmm. right here hollering that show. Right. Right? That's just Foundation. Not to say my mom and other people didn't play their parts, but, you know, he he, he, take, a, he take a lot of mm. that. Rest in peace, Pops. Yep. December, t-
4: December 19, 2010, the only... Game-winning punt return in NFL history. Talk to us about that play and what's going on. The-
2: Game. Blouses.
3: <laughs> Bitches. Hey, look. I'm a- going <laughs> be- to just say this. Cause I know I got a lot of people that hate me for, for that play, man. And, um, you know, for me, man, I was just doing what I was supposed to do, man. I was doing my job, as, as anybody right. else would say. Shit, I had an opportunity to send the New York Giants home. They punted to me, which I don't know why the hell they would do that <laughs> anyway. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I know that kicker that, or that punter that punted to me right after that game. He got fired. Uh, <laughs> what was his name? Coughlin, whatever his first day was. Coughlin was Crate throwing his damn... Oh, Tom Coughlin? Yeah, Tom Coughlin throwing his uh, clipboard down and... But I don't know, man. That play was huge, man. Um, I didn't thir- think
2: I didn't think you was gonna pick the ball up because you was looking up like you. I guess you was looking at yeah, where I was, everybody I was. was already I didn't think
3: you was gonna pick the ball up because you <laughs> let it roll for a minute. Hey, listen, bro. When I when I tell you, I didn't think they was kicking it in bounds to me. So of course, when they kicked it in, I'm, I'm thinking he finna kick it out the stadium. Yeah, like, ain't no way it's standing between these white lines. So once I realized it was coming to me, like you said, I, I was I wasn't spooked, but I was more surprised. Like damn, this ball already coming to me. So in the midst of me. Dropping the ball, I'm trying to already set up what I'm doing before I even got this ball. So, yeah. as you see, I dropped the ball, went, like, a couple yards to the right of me. Now, I'm looking up, and I'm, like, already knew where the ball was, picked it up, and I kind of already had an envision. What I'm doing, hitting it, sticking my foot in the ground, going up. Jason Avant made a killer block. depleted the dude. He out, knocked out. I'm running in the end zone, like, Man, I I was really honestly, bro. I feel like I was on wings. Like, like mm-hmm. pops probably picked me up and just flew me wow. into the end zone, bro. Man, like, oh. That's how crazy. But the it way feels. the way he looked though, when the ball was coming, the
2: way you kept looking up, nah, like he, he was looking at his path where you, he was you, at it, like like, he like you knew
3: you was gonna run that motherfucker yeah. back. Yeah. Hey man, that's one of them things when you know when you know you know you know, and that's yeah. one of them times, bro.
4: On top of the world. Imagine if we had social media back then.
3: What? what that's right? Hey, man, i right. hey man, I tell these young dudes all the time, bro. They make these crazy plays, and it's like, bro, I would have been. So Not to say I ain't big, but I would have been way, like, crazy more big oh, yeah. if they had that shit when I was coming out as a rookie <laughs> in college yeah. What like? Lion. I was big. Yeah, man. Nah, for sure, though.
2: Is there an art in the punt return? Like, is there a certain mind frame you need to be in? Shit, is there art in shooting a three-pointer? Mm. Repetition. So how do you get reps at punt returning? But we also
4: know we not going to get killed from punt return, though. <laughs> Hold on.
3: That's a great comeback, returning? though. Oh, man. For me, it ain't. I mean, it, it's an art in it, but it ain't like you can get better by repetition, like how you said as a mm-hmm. three-point. It's one of the
2: things where, first of all, you can't you be scared. Got it or you instinct. don't got it. it's, it's an instinct. Instinct. It's like a cat.
3: Because you looking in there air and this
2: that's grown man it's coming like at a, you full speed. You, gotta, you
3: damn near got to be a cat, bro. Yeah. Like, for me, that's yeah. – like, people ask me, all, like, how am I so good and how am I so quick and why do I do what I do on the field? It's like I'm not thinking about it. I don't, when I go on the field or when I'm lining up to be receiving and it's a dude guarding me, I don't have no plan in my mind that, oh, I'm about to do this. I react off of everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, if you do something, I'm going to react off it. So if you think you shut me down, this way, I'm going to react off and go the other way, bro. Right. It's like anything. So it's like me, I really feel like I play like a, a, a cat. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. reacting. You got counters for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, agile. And uh, whatever you do, I'm going to react to it and I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. counterpunching everything. You swinging this, I'm ducking. Ah, So that's just my mentality, right bro. There, that's running what, for that's my why life. I am who I am. I'm gonna take,
4: <laughs> I'll take the start. Um, Everybody knows you know, the Ben Simmons situation with, you know, contract negotiations Mm -hmm. and not reporting and this, this and that. You had a similar situation like that in 2011. Um, Speak to that and speak to knowing your worth and believing in yourself more than anything.
3: I I think it's important as as an athlete, us as athletes first, how we look at ourselves as a business and how we take our mindset of everything we do and we put into our body. If it's you know, like nutrition, you know, uh, uh, studying longer, taking care of your body, massage, like whatever it is you invest into your body is what you're going to get out of it. Right. And I think sometimes us being athletes, people are just assume we just like all these a- a- anal- analysts and these people sit back and, you know, critique us for what we are like they don't really understand we have to invest in ourselves first just as foremost. well as in, like the teams, the GMs, the owners, they're going to do what's best for them as, right. a, as an owner. When it's time to give a person money or to cut a person, they don't think about that. But the minute we want to take care of ourselves and Ooh. put ourselves first, we in trouble or we, we an asshole or, oh, he's a, a bad team. You get what I'm saying? But it's like we just doing what's best for us. So for me at that point in time, I'm like, Y'all been promising me a contract, and y'all haven't rewarded me with my contract. So why am I going to continuously put my body on the line, risk getting hurt, injured? I go to practice, and I tear anything. And it's like now my contract is, I'm, I'm not worthy of my contract. So right. for me, I feel like as athletes, when we stand up what's, what's right for us, we, we look at as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. We're labeled as a, as a cancer. You get what I'm saying, but at the end of the day, you just you looking out for the best in yourself. Now, I'm not saying if you already rewarded with the contract and you post a show, it's different. You know, like certain situations, Ben Simmons, certain situations is different. But when you're due for something and you didn't put that work in and you haven't yeah. been rewarded for it, you want what you deserve. It, you got you got a right to stand up for what you deserve. Facts.
4: In 2012, uh, they end up franchi- uh, franchise tagging you, re signed a five year contract uh, north of fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. How'd that make you feel?
3: Well, well, when I got franchise, that was almost like they just did That's a that slick for me. Way. Kind of year, just mm-hmm. get them back in the Shut building. You up. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we 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 gonna give you because I think that was one year for ten million. Which in reality, the five years I would still end up getting the ten million. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. I'm going to come in there, but in my mind, I am I know, like, I'm not going to play on this one-year $10 million deal because if I get hurt, then it's still, like, so, I don't mm-hmm. have no solidity. Mm-hmm. I'm not solidified in, in my future for the next three years. It's not guaranteed, like, no money. You get you know what I'm saying? So, for me, it was just, like, one of the things where they was like, all right, just sign it and come in and let's try to work out a deal. So, basically, I kind of knew that, so I signed the franchise, and then, like I want to say, like, a few weeks later, we ended up getting the deal done. So, it was kind of like, you know, you, I pat you on my back, you pat me on mine. Like, we're going to get this deal. And I took their word and it actually worked out. But for me, it felt good because I finally got what I was deserving of. And, and and for me at that time, I remember they used to promise me, like, my second, third year, they was promising me they was going to redo my contract. Because back mm-hmm. then, Philly was known for getting their players at early and locking them up, like giving them some money earlier and locking them up for later in their career. So for me, I was like, man, it, it was rewarding, bro. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, all the work I was putting into it, it made me feel good.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to Voices That Glow. Thank you to the geniuses
5: of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and uh,
4: 2014, statistically uh, your best season, uh, your third Pro Bowl selection, uh, and then you were released huh. after everything you would have been through with that team. Right. What was that experience like?
3: Ah, yeah, you know, he, he coaching at U C L A right now. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was uh it was personal, man. Um for me coming off my best statistic year, I mean, with eighty three catches, over thirteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns, like you you releasing a dude after him being a pro bowl receiver, like what are you doing? <laughs> like in my mind, I'm like, what's going on? And what kind of what mind bothering to me was the allegations and the stories they dug up and made up that was like that was the reason why they released me. Oh, he's a gang member. He hangs out with thugs, criminals. He's doing you get what I'm saying. I'm like, bro, I have no felons. I have no no record. I ain't never been to jail. Like you saying, you mad at me because I grew up where I grew up and hang out who I hang mm-hmm. out with. So it's for me, it was kind of like a stab in my back, bro. And it was like everything I did for y'all and coming off my best years. Like y'all just come. Like if y'all didn't want to pay me, just tell me I didn't want to pay me. But to mm-hmm. try to tarnish my name and who I am, crazy like. And then you got other teams looking like, damn, do we want to take a risk on this dude? Problem. Like, is there something that's going to come out? Like, is he mm-hmm. about to come out? He going to jail? You get know what I'm saying? It was just like, it was a fucked up situation for me. And I, I took that personal. That's why I did go to, to Washington. Every time I played the Eagles, I made them regret that decision.
4: Let's, I mean, I, I want to touch on that a little bit because obviously he is the head coach. We're talking about Chip Kelly, he's the head coach at UCLA. And there was a lot of racial allegations um, swarming around the way he moved and and perceived um a handful of you guys yeah some of the better players on the team mm-hmm. uh you know can you speak to that a little bit
3: when he first came in it was like you 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 doing something that a professional athlete shouldn't have to you know go through like when you when you first the head coach you come in that's like coming in and telling you a starter you playing bd stack whoever y'all starting five is and you got a new head coach to come in and say from the get go none of y'all starters like, you telling me pro bowlers or all-star player 10 times, whatever, Michael Vick, Leshawn McCoy, me, all the start. Like, no one was a starter. He basically said everybody got to earn their spots. We looking at this dude like, bro, you know who you talking to? Like, bro, we pro bowlers. We <laughs> you tell pay way more than you. Like, you talking about we all basically don't start. So, we like, from that get-go, it was like a shit he came in and was trying to do. Like, we really felt like we was college players. Like, we really felt like he was – trying to control us on some college shit. And it was like, bro, we been through that phase already, bro. We professional athletes and we know what it takes to get it done at a high level. We've been doing this shit. So for me, that shit was kind of personal, bro. Just everything he tried to come do. And, you know, like you said, like you letting go of players this legitimately the best of the best. Me, McCoy, Michael Vicks. Like bro, if you would have kept that team together, bro, that team could have mm-hmm. been special, bro. We could have legitimately won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was like he broke that team up and brought people in that he wanted to bring in that probably was going yes man him or listen to every command he wanted. And it was like us, we really, we really felt like we didn't have to do that because we already gained our respect and we were who we were.
2: Is he pulling the was he doing was he Urban Meyer before Urban Meyer? What Urban's doing in Jacksonville, kind of trying to bring that college.
3: It ain't gonna work, bro. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, I mean that. Don't get me wrong. His offensive scheme. Because we ball. Like we had, like I said, I had my best stats, statistics from the offensive side of it, but it's the other, the Mentality. outside. Yeah, it's like the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted us to put a heart monitor on going to sleep to see how many hours people slept. You're yeah. asking professional athletes, like we're not college, yeah.
2: bro.
3: Yeah. He asking people to pee in the cup to see how hydrated you is. Like, bro, if you can't come in and perform the best of your ability and you know you're a professional athlete, you getting paid all this money, what are we doing? yeah You get what I'm saying? So it's like he almost had like people on a leash, but it's like... You can't implement that in a professional level, bro. That's the same gonna, thing they said
2: about Urban mind Yeah, Jacksonville. that's not going to work, bro. Same
3: thing. It ain't going to work, bro. It's, mm-hmm. That's hard to do. You got to, like the Andy Reid's, the Bill the, like the coaches that demand respect but give respect and understand you got a player mentality relationship. Like if you can't go holler at your head coach, like you feel like you can't talk to your head coach, how you going to put, put yourself on the line when it's in the mm-hmm. game and you got to yeah. go on one? How you gonna put yourself on the line for your coach? You feel like he, you can't do the same for you?
2: Yeah, I ain't riding for you. You
4: get what I'm saying? Right. So that's
3: just the mentality that I feel like was went wrong with him.
4: What was it like working with Michael Vick? You guys had a special connection.
3: Man, my, Michael Vick, I feel like is is one of the best players I didn't ever play with. Mm. Like we we had we had the most of the most. Like if if I look back and, you know, do all the statistics, like we me and him had some of the biggest plays. Like legitimately, so many plays that we could pull up and look, man. And for me, like growing up, he was an idol to me, you know, mm-hmm. one of the first black mm-hmm. quarterbacks taking first round, everything he went through, um, you know, his one of his cousins, his boys, he grew up with, end up snitching on him, he's trying to take mm-hmm. care of everybody, he had a hundred dudes rolling with him, taking care of everybody, lifestyles, like, I learned so much from him, you Get know what I'm saying, just from me being younger, looking up to him, and being able to have a chance to really sit in the same rooms and have, like, a big bro, little bro relationship, like, and when we first met, he was like, man, I see a lot, a lot of you and me, mm. and it was, when he told me that shit kind of... It fucked me up. Cause I'm like, damn, like why you say that? He was like, you know, I just see all your boys, you taking, you doing this, you doing that. Like I was the same way, but he was like, you need to cut that. Cause if it really come down to it, they ain't gonna have your back. Mm-hmm. You get know what I'm saying? If it come a situation where it's you or them, they gonna choose them. You know? And it was like he really learned, like betrayal. Like people really back, stabbed him in his back for people he took care of. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he kind of like taught me that early. So for me, I was able to see, like, you know, let me start cutting back, let me stop doing. It. You get what I'm saying? Cause Everybody love you when you on top and you hand the money and you shopping, you taking sprees, you 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 know what I'm saying? Like everybody love you, but the minute you don't do something for somebody, how they feel about you? As soon as you say no,
2: you the law's he gone. The law's he gone. He ain't
3: so. shit anyway. I <laughs> hope oh, he I hope he get hurt. Yeah, I hope he, he get cut. You get right what, what I'm saying? Just a little shit like that.
4: But on the field, I mean, one of the best deep balls, I mean you got a, a nice deep ball thrower right now, uh in Stafford, but like yeah. I said, you and Mike's deep ball connection was on another yeah. level. Nah,
3: Mike, Mike, Mike Vic. Yeah, as far as now, like you know, I I'm intrigued to see how it's going to work out with me and Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford. But right now, yeah, to date, Mike Vick has been the, the the best quarterback I played with. Just as far as the deep ball, mm-hmm. the, the home run ball, throwing the deep passes, like his arm was effortless. Mm. He used to looks it, up, just sling it. He used to be like this and throw 80 yards. I'm like, how can a man <laughs> right. do that and throw the ball? Like you ain't even doing that. Yeah, he doing it. <laughs> so All I'm crazy. like, bro, yeah. how you throw the ball 80 yards just flicking the wrist? Mm.
4: March 9th, my birthday, by the way, 2017, you picked yourself up a nice three-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, what was it like being out there in Tampa? Uh, you had a young Mike Williams or uh, uh, Mike, Evans. Mike Evans, right?
3: Yeah, man. You got that. T- Tampa, weapons. Was, yeah, Ta- Tampa was, a, it was a cool vibe, man. It was actually my first time. <clears throat> I think I was just turning 30, 31 or whatever, whatever it was, and it was like my first time in my career where I could go play in some good weather. Mm. I'm like, I'm used to being in the cold, East Coast, Philly, Washington. It was like, I had a chance to go to Florida. So <clears throat> when I first went to Florida, I got out there and Tampa was hot. I ain't used, you know, I'm a Cali dude. I ain't mm-hmm. used to that Tampa, Florida. Humidity. But when I went out there, 110 degrees, 100 uh percent humidity, I'm like, bro, this is gonna be brutal. Not- I remember the first game. I remember the first game. I'm playing in the game. I'm like, if I knew it was gonna be this, I probably wouldn't have signed. But I'm about there. I damn near had a heat stroke, bro. The first game, man, I'm about to die. I'm I grew like... up in that. But no, nah, it was cool, man. It was a good vibes. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston was there, like you said, We had uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Mike Evans. You know, the team. The team was fine. We we really didn't have too many. We had good players, but we didn't play that good. You know, two years we went five with we five and eleven, mm-hmm. so we never really end up. You know, Jameis kind of struggled a little bit. Me and him really really never connected like that, and uh. That's kind of the miss of that story. It
4: is what it was. Yeah. So you head back uh, to Philly. Mm-hmm. Were you reluctant with that situation getting there, or what was your uh, your, your approach heading back
3: to Philly? So heading back to Philly uh, in 2019, it, it, it was honestly, at this point Chip Kelly was gone. They had brought a, a, a old coach back when I was used to be with Andy Reid. Um, Doug Peterson was the head coach, mm-hmm. so I had like a good relationship with Doug Peterson, so – I could remember when I was in uh when I was in Washington, it was like they was trying to figure out ways to get me back. Like literally, like four or five years, then they was trying to get me back because I was killing them so bad. Like every time I played them, it's like, and we gotta figure a way Made to a get point. this motherfucker back. <laughs> right. Like Chip Kelly gone, like let's figure out a way to get him back. So was in the talks. You know, not not a lot of people supposed to know, this, but yeah, you know, we talked here and there. You know how it is when a team wants you, and you know they ain't supposed to be hollering at yeah. you, but they like, we gonna figure out a way to get your ass back. So it was just one of them things, but. The reunion was actually it was a good it was good because you know I felt like I really should have never left in the first, first place. place right and it was like the person that really made the decision wasn't there no more and even though the GM was there and certain people was there like when Chip Kelly was there they they literally gave him the key to everything like he was like the general manager he was bringing players in like it was everything that was him so I kind of really didn't feel that much of a way towards the owner and the GM. But, you know, they all in it together. You know, right. at the end of the day, they all in it together.
4: <laughs> first game back, you break a record uh, to get you in, I think, second place. Uh shit. You surpass oh, I mean, Randy I mean, was... Moss. I mean, that's a hell of a name, <laughs> first and foremost. When you hear yourself, knowing where you come from, what you've been through, the journey you've been on, when you start passing people like Randy Moss and legends of the game like that, what does that mean to you?
3: I mean, honestly, man, in the midst of it, you know, it, you feel good about it, but it's still like I ain't done. Because I got more years. You know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. like I, I I still know I got a lot left in the tank, and I feel like I'm, I'm continuously still putting on, man. And it's like as much as I feel like I've arrived or I've accomplished something, like I ain't done yet, bro. So I, I, I'm still, I'm not really content with that because I know... I still want to push that that, mm-hmm. that that bar. I want to push that. So needle. you
4: ain't you ain't sat back and just thought about. I yeah, really, come, bro. Yeah. I mean, you see the moment too much.
3: Moments it be moments yeah. here and there that hit me like I see something. I'm like, damn, you know. But when you in the midst of it, bro, you really What's you next? don't really yeah, you don't really get too much caught up in it. Because if I sit back and get too much caught up in it, it's gonna take me off mm-hmm. my grind. I don't want to yeah. get off. It. Like I'm still on the needle. I
4: mm-hmm. want to get complacent. <laughs> Uh first touchdown with the Rams, you're tied for the most uh 75 plus yard touchdowns. That's fucking crazy to say. <laughs> 75 <laughs> yard touchdowns. You tie the record uh the most in like what's that like
3: for you? That that one right there was special. And and the reason the reason why I said that one was special is because it happened back home. You get know what I'm saying? This this where I started playing that, you mm-hmm. know, so for me to come back home. Like literally, when SoFi Stadium was built, was where I played pop Warner ball. at growing mm. up, that soil, all that dirt right there, is where I used to play ball. At being a little hard-headed, snotty-nosed boy, like I was it's in the dope. backyards playing over there, bro. So for me to come back and score my set, my what ninth seventy-five yard touchdown, like you said, that that number is. Cra- I ain't even really know about that stat. Mm-hmm. Now that one kind of caught me off guard. Right. Like, <laughs> I knew about the fifty yarder, the sixty yarder. But when they said 75, that might be hard for anybody to beat right there. Cause the last person that had, I think, was like 1941 or something crazy. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So like I say, man, I'm still in the midst of it. I, I can't I can't get content, bro. Maybe one day we'll sit back and you know do what we do and, and mm-hmm. talk about it. But uh, as yeah. so of right now, yeah. you still going, still on it. I
4: can dig it. Uh toughest defenses that to come to mind. A couple defenses that come to mind over throughout your 13 plus year career.
3: Mm. I would probably have to say <clears throat> I would have to go back to the early days like my my rookie year. I would probably say like the Pittsburgh Steelers, Troy Polamalu, uh Joey Porter, mm. uh uh what's the what's the big uh, Harrison Harrison, yeah. What's his name? James Harrison. James Harrison. could still bench press a house. Um yeah, that that defense was crazy. Uh Casey Hayward. Ooh, I can't forget about Air Reed and, and Ray Lewis.
2: Mm, Baltimore
4: they was cold.
3: Baltimore was cold back mm-hmm. then too. It was some, it was something about the ASC back then. Townsend. Yeah, Townsend. Yeah, they they uh they had a corner too. I can't even remember his name, but yeah, they they with them two defenses was cold back mm-hmm. then.
4: Off the field, uh, you were part of the Tupac "All Eyes on Me" project uh, with our man LT you I didn't know LT? that, bro. You know that. I yeah.
3: had no. a little cameo in there. Yeah, I you know. I mean, saw the cameo. But I didn't <laughs> know that.
4: Yeah, yeah, no. But behind the scenes, with our man LT, talk to us how that came about and uh, some some of the other business stuff you're interested in off the field.
3: Shit. So I mean, the the LT situation. Obviously, you know uh, LT, just the relationship with you know Snoop and. You know, since I've been a young kid back and going to high school, college, you know, I used to always just be around them, hanging out with them. So, you know, me and LT kind of, you know, just genuinely, you know, built a relationship where I knew he was in the music industry. You know, I was dealing with some music stuff. You know, I got a record label. He was kind of helping me on, and you know, LT used to always be like, you know, I know you love this music shit, but he was like, this movie stuff is where you need to put your money at. He's like, I could guarantee you get your money back on the movie. He said the music. I can't guarantee you're going to make your money back on the music. But <laughs> nice. he said, this movie, I can, I could guarantee that. So, you know, we came together and, uh, you know, I invested in um, the Tupac film. And, uh, you know, he had a company called The Program Pictures where, uh, you know, he had like a lot of projects, you know, that he was working on. But, uh, yeah, the Tupac, you know, growing up, I'm a diehard. I, Tupac is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. He on the what? ain't he mm-hmm. up here? So what? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, you know, Tupac was one of my favorites, you know, getting through when I was young and just hearing gunshots and just living in the hood, like I just throw, Tupac on it. He would help, you know, relieve like certain mm-hmm. situations I went through. So that to being able to have a a piece in that Tupac movie, that's like that's legendary for right. me. That's like one of my goals. Like you say, a pet pee or something you on your bucket list that you gotta have before you die. Like yeah. that's one of them things to being connected with something that had to do with Tupac. Well, yeah. being a
2: producer in his movie, yeah, the a producer little credit. Longer. That's you know, to me, that's bigger than
3: having a part in it. Yeah, nah, you're right, and then. For that to be saying like that yeah that was that was crazy That's bro, huge. for me to even be a part yeah, of congrats that congrats on I that bro i didn't know that yeah
4: uh you have a weekly podcast fade the booth um talk to us about that you've had a cut you put a couple yeah. episodes out you got some in the bank what, what, what were you trying to get across with that
3: so so fade the booth man um so i got hurt Honestly, I, I got hurt about like in 2019 and i had like a, a growing injury surgery and i was out for the season so i'm sitting back i'm like man i'm Year of twelve, I'm like man, I can't play football forever. Like, let me figure out something I can, you know, do where it's like fun and it ain't hard for me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting back thinking, I'm like, you know, my brother always had a camera on my face, they had documentaries. <laughs> yeah. He still shooting. <laughs> Shout out, out to y'all bro, like, bro, right, bro. right yeah. there with the camera. At least yeah. yeah. you know, he's <laughs> shooting now. But uh, I'm like, man, I, I was always, you know, in front of a camera. And it's like this shit is easy to me, bro. So I'm like, let me, you know, bring people. And then y'all too, y'all inspired it. You know, give the kid wallow. Like, you know, seeing. Young brothers kind of doing their thing. And I'm, I'm sitting back like, you know, let me let me get into the podcast industry. And for me, I just really wanted to open up and, you know, give, you know, my platform and, you know, my viewers just the inside to me, you know, and not only me, but, you know, my guests, you know, I had mm-hmm. Lil Wayne come on, had, uh you know, Marshawn Lynch, Michael Vick, Michael Rubin, just give them a, mm-hmm. a different perspective, you know, like I had an owner on here, like a billionaire owner, yeah. just talking about like lifestyle things, like what made him who he was at early, because he was 20 years old, 13 years old, had a billionaire mentality, you know, mm-hmm. people invested in him, you know, him taking out money, like things that me being 12 years old, I wouldn't have thought about, Right, like how his mind was programmed, like, so it's just for me, just opening up and talking about situations that people could sit back and know that, like, we all might be celebrities, we all might be who we are, but we still went through shit that mm-hmm. it was that defining point in our life, like, you know, so for me, the fade the booth is really just letting people know It's possible to make it. Like, everybody that's successful, we go through something. And I know a lot of people be sitting back at home like, oh, I tried this and it didn't work, so let me give up. No, Mm -hmm. like, keep going. Like, figure out what it is you want to do. So, Mm -hmm. for me, I love inspiring, man. So, Fade the Booth is really just inspiring, man.
4: Where can they find that
3: at? Uh, So, Fade the Booth, you can find it on IG. IG. And then, you know, it's on um, you know, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you know the whole so thing. Shout out Shout out
2: Wilo and Gilly too, man. That's family. Yeah.
4: Shout out to them <laughs> Yeah, they've
3: been wild. I, up, I, love, I, love I love for y'all to come on mine too. You, you, know, you know, waiting on you, me, waiting, man, on you. Waiting,
4: waiting on everybody. Right,
3: we there. <laughs> we gotta cross promote it, man. For uh,
4: sure. Fatherhood. You got two little guys. Yep. How important is that to you?
3: Man, fatherhood, man, it, it, it's huge to me. I I look at fatherhood as, you know, what do I want my kids to hear about me when they when they grow up and they become older, you know, um, what are people going to say about their dads, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm a stand-up dude. I'm a respectful dude. You know, uh, I'm a hard-working dude. And, uh, you know, I just want them to know that, you know, they pops is a real one, mm-hmm. you know, and they That's got something to look up to. But at the end of the day, my kids going to be real ones. They might not grow up and live how I live, but I'm going to install that and, and, and have them understanding, like, you know, you got to work for what you want out here, you know? So I think being a father for me kind of... You know, let me know. It's not all about myself. You know, when you before you have kids, you put yourself first. And it's like now that I have kids, I, I'm not first anymore. My mm-hmm. kids are first. You know, so Absolutely. that's how I look at it.
4: Quick hitters, final stretch. First thing to come to mind. Let us know top five receivers of all time.
3: Top five receivers of all time. So <clears throat> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jerry Rice, uh, Randy Moss. Michael Irvin, Steve Smith, Calvin Johnson. Ooh. Woo! That's a hell of a five mm-hmm. right I'm, there. I'm, boy. I'm up there. I ain't put me in there, but I'm up yeah, there too. Yeah, man, nah, that's dope.
2: <laughs> Top three artists or songs on rotation on game day?
3: Top three artists. Uh, Our songs? I got um, I got Nipsey for sure. Nipsey Hustle on there. Um, Tupac, All lies on Me. Mm hmm uh third one probably would be i like the young jeezy when I, I knew i was thinking
2: the, I was about you say jeezy i was like why'd you say the, the jeezy oh young, yeah. yeah, young jeezy yeah the old school snowman
3: snowman yeah. yeah 103 motivation yeah, yeah motivation <laughs> <laughs> gotta be on there for sure
4: if you can go back and relive one moment in your career high school college nfl uh up to this point what would it be
3: man high school bro I, I would probably say if i could rewind time and I, w- I would want to go back to my high school days man i used to really have so much fun in high school mm. being being like a junior senior having all them scholarships offers being a dude you know back then i had a car like you know we used to just you ain't had no money you free. Ain't, free. I ain't got no bills them moms give me a little money yeah. here and there i'm going hanging with the homes we hanging out hanging with ain't no telling what we was doing man i used to have fun but i think about now i'm 34, I'm like, damn, we all the time go? but it's like, if you could relive it, like high school would probably some good moments for me. Hell, yeah, yeah, that shit was a blast.
2: Top three favorite NBA players to watch? Top three, uh
3: obviously number one. I'm, Braun. A, I'm c- Nah, hell no. Kobe Bryant. Kobe, he from LA. Uh, okay, buddy, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you know my, to watch. You know, watch. I, I argue with a lot of these dudes on this Kobe Bryant thing, man, because I feel like, like, don't get me wrong, LeBron is a freak of nature, like he's... Really one on one, but he don't he don't got that that killer instinct. I Yo, I like, say the same thing. Yeah, he don't got that dog, and I'm like, it's it's times where he done took over, and he done did his thing. But he got dog, it just ain't the Kobe dog. A lot of times he passing the ball. Like I don't want if you the dog, you the man. I, uh, two three minutes, I don't want to see you passing, you taking over. Yeah. It's just for me, y'all. You know, I know Kobe gonna take over. He might shoot that motherfucker a hundred times, but he gonna <laughs> make. <more>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Thanks. um, yeah. So Kobe, um, AI. Mm. Chuck. And uh my third, man, my third would probably be uh I like Dame, man.
2: Yeah, Dame. Mm. Mm.
3: Dame time. What he mm. do you mm. do?
4: Yeah, Dane time. <laughs> Dame
3: time.
4: <laughs> Dope. Five dinner guests, dead or alive.
3: Five dinner guests?
4: Mm-hmm. Chopping it up about life.
3: Mm, I would have liked to do Pac. Shit. Kobe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh I say Eli Musk, Beyonce, and probably last one I'll probably go with a uh mm mm-hmm. Man, I'm uh, uh, Last Seat. Last seat. Who can I say?
2: Throw a comedian in there. You might want to laugh a little bit.
3: Shit, Dave chappelle he on the hot seat right now <laughs> <laughs> it it ain't, even, to be honest
4: it ain't even hot <laughs> it ain't even uh, hot but you know they, they killing it yeah, right try now yeah, yeah, they, they tried to. to they saw to and roll with, him. with him, they suspended <laughs> motherfuckers who had something to say yeah. I wish you motherfucking would right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they stood <laughs> their ground I love it
2: last the, question the goat okay last question is remember your answer you gotta help us get your answer on the show right mm-hmm. who do you wanna see on all the smoke
3: Mm. <laughs> He's gonna throw that out this Mike <laughs> Big, that's easy, but he gonna do that without it. That's easy. Uh shit, Bron? Bron Ooh, been on it already? So oh. I
4: just ran into Bron last night at uh Westbrook's. They had the premiere last night. I seen Bron. I said, bro, it's time it's season three. He's like, Ooh. I'm ready. I'm ready.
3: Yeah, bro, I think yeah. Bron will be they, they, everybody that's waiting. That's reachable for but y'all, you know, you know, y'all it, can't do it. What's the good thing gonna...
2: about it though? It's a lot of podcasts and a lot of shows, but everybody waiting for him to oh, sit on no, that couch. No question. Hey, y'all,
3: you know what I'm saying? They it. waiting if for him anybody, to sit if on if that couch. If can do it, y'all can do it. I mean, come on, man. Come Jeez, on, bro. Y'all can do it.
4: Waiting on you, bro. Yes, sir. Well, man, that's a wrap. Sean Jackson, Los Last Angeles name. Ram, LA's finest. You catch us on Showtime Basketball, YouTube, and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. See y'all next week.
2: Salute. Peace. This is all a smoke
5: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk